All right. Good morning, everybody. Oh, it's taken me about three days, three or four days, well, longer than that to put this together. I've just, I've been a mess lately. Sometimes like sitting down to actually write all this stuff out. Um, it triggers me. It, it sends me back a little bit because there's things that even I forget. So sometimes I'll write everything out and then I get all in my feels about it and I don't even really know. And I'm, and it, it affects me sometimes. So I have, a, I throw a little bit of adult fits. I like to call them my adult temper tantrums where I'm just like, I'm done. I can't really focus on anything else. And I'm also the type of person, which is, I, it's one of my biggest downfalls is that if someone hurts me, it's like automatically I'm in a competition with myself to see who could have hurt me more. So like a couple days ago, I was hurt by something. So I was like, I'm throwing this all in the trash, right? I threw um, the microphone in the trash. I threw all my writings in the trash. I was just, I was over it. Um, but here I am recording. So let's see how this goes. <laughs> um, thank you to my significant other for pulling all of my stuff out of the trash. Now I'm just sitting here with my notes that smell like a baby diaper, but it's all good. I'm here. I'm here. I'm going to do it. Um, let's see. Let's get this started. Um, like I said, I'm a, I'm a little bit like, I want to get this out there, but it, it does trigger me a little bit. So, and it, it's just like remembering stuff. Like I said, it's just going back and being like, oh my gosh, that really happened to me. Because when you live a life uh, that is full of trauma, things will keep happening. And the more they keep happening, the like the more, more you just become numb to everything. And then when you go back and you sit down and you really look at things, you're like, oh, okay, I've let a lot of stuff just continuously happen. And I've kind of just, I didn't see it as a big deal anymore because it just, it kept happening, you know? But I do want to let everyone know that in this episode, there will be, um, talk about sexual abuse, drinking, um, pills, uh, my dad passing away. So if you if you have somebody close to you that's passed away and it triggers you, or if you just don't have the emotional space for any of this right now, I really think that you should put this episode on hold because if, if it could affect you right now, probably wouldn't be the best time, honestly. Like I'm, I'm, I'm still working through some stuff and it's, it's my life. So I would hate to put it out there and get someone else in a funk as well. So like I said, if you don't have the emotional availability for any of that right now, um, I would definitely, definitely hold off on this one. Um, so let's get started. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and name this one at 6 a.m. somewhere because that's what time I normally would drink to. I was a I was a huge drinker, a big drinker, and I would drink when I would put my kid from the time I put my kids to bed to the time it, it was to take them to school sometimes. Um they didn't really know how much I was drinking. A, a lot of people didn't really know how much I was drinking until it was like, until I just didn't care anymore. And then I was like, I am out here and I am drinking, 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 drinking. So I'll start, I'll try and start from the beginning, but you know, I get sidetracked and I'm all over the place. So I hope you guys can stick with me. Again, for the story, I have my PP paper <laughs> to, to try and guide me. Um, and I'm going to change 
the names of people also. So like if you're listening to this and you know me and you're like, that's not her ex-husband's name. That's not this person's name. That's not her, you know, whatever. If it's my kids' names, that's fine. But I'm not going to put anyone else's names out there. Just like just in case. I um I don't need anything against me and I just I don't want a chance if if this does go somewhere to for it to fall back on me because I said someone's name that didn't like what I had to say about them. Because that seems to be an issue is people don't like when the truth comes out. So there's that. Um, So let me just start with when I started drinking. So I started drinking probably when I was about 12, 12 or 13. Um, My sister would actually buy me alcohol so that I could, I would babysit for her. So that's when it started started over at my sister's, um, and it was Mike's Hard Lemonade and Hot Damn. So it, it started, it started there and I thought it was fun and I thought it was cool. I was hanging out with my, my sister is about nine or 10 years older than me. So at, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, you're like, oh, hell yeah, I'm partying with, with the big ones. I, I'm, I can hang with all these adults. Like I can get down with these adults. No, no, I can't. No, you can't. You can't. It doesn't work that way. Um, Adults have other things in their mind than a child has in their mind. Um, And I want to make this clear. I am not blaming anyone for me drinking or for me making the choices that I've made. I've made those choices because that's how I handled my emotional stress, which was I didn't handle it at all. I completely blocked it all out for a really long time. So whenever something happened to me, I would just drink more and more and more and more and more. So it started when I was about 12 or 13 and it wasn't all the time that I would drink, but it progressed. It would progress. So I got a little bit older. I'm 13 now, (laughs) you know, really old, really just mature and educated. (laughs) And um, I had gotten really drunk at my sister's house and they had got home and um, they had a friend with them. And um, I just, I remember just being so trashed. I had got their kids to bed. I don't, I don't really remember much else. I I do remember this man laying on top, and I'm I'm a right now had a third. I'm 32 year old woman, and I'm five foot. I'm five foot and about. I don't want to go into weight. I'm in around about 135 pounds. So at 13 years old, I was probably about four nine, four ten. And 95 to 100 pounds soaking wet. Um, And I had this six foot two man just laying on top of me, probably about 200 pounds. And um, was asking me if I had ever had sex before. And I hadn't. And I was like, no, I, I haven't. No, you know, like, and I, and I'm the type of person and I, and I get a lot of backlash for this. And I just, I can't help who I am. But I would rather make myself uncomfortable than make anyone else uncomfortable. So I've put my body in a lot of positions that were completely uncomfortable to make someone else feel good. And 
it's shameful and it's embarrassing that I couldn't stick up for myself. And the thing about that is, is that if you know me on a personal level, you will know that I stick up for everything and everybody. If you need me, if you need somebody to go to bat for you, I'm the person that people are like, you know, she's loyal and, and she will stick up for you almost to a fault. And it, it has caused me a lot, a lot of issues in my life because I put myself last and I've let things get done to me that shouldn't, should have never been done. And I put a lot of blame on myself, but I want to let you know right now at this moment that if you were a child from the, any, anything under 18 years old, you were a child. You didn't know, you didn't know better. You didn't know what to do. My 32 year my 14 year old mind and my 32 year old mind. Yeah, right. Like you don't know. And I held myself. You let's say that you like you liked it. You were you went back all the time and you and you enjoyed it. It was it was still wrong on their part. It was still wrong on their part. You did nothing wrong. You were a child. And it took me a long, long time to realize that, that I was a child and what was happening to me wasn't my fault. So it had progressed from him just, you know, laying on top of me, not that first night, but as the years went on, the, the trauma excelled, um, there were even times where my brother-in-law would sit down there and watch whatever this person was doing to me. And those are just memories that I have forever. And I looked back and I thought to myself, like, wow, you were a real slut. But honestly, I was just doing things to make other people happy. And not myself. So the more these things were happening to me, the more I would I would drink. So by the age of, by the end of like 14, early 15, I, had, I was already drinking almost every weekend. And sometimes during the week, if I could, you know, because like my parents were strict. They weren't bad parents whatsoever. You know, they fought and had their own issues, but they weren't terrible parents. Um, my sister had my niece and nephew, not, not really young, but I watch them a lot. I love my niece and nephew. I would do anything for them. So that's how I ended up there all the time was I didn't want to miss out on them. And if I didn't, oh, and if I didn't babysit, if I was to say no, there was one time where here's an example of if I said no, because there were a few times where I didn't want something to happen to me. I didn't want to go over there because every time I went over there, something would happen. And it was like, oh my gosh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, it wasn't that I didn't want to babysit my niece and nephew. I just didn't want to have to accommodate these men. And I was over it. And I remember one time I was 14 years old and I had a, I had a friend with me. We were driving my friend home and my sister was like, can you babysit tonight? And I was like, you know, I really don't want to. I just, I don't want to babysit. And we're on the freeway. I have on a, a blanket because it was like early in the morning and we were just driving this person home. So I was like, whatever, I'll throw a blanket on. It's, and just getting, I'm not getting out of the car. Oh, I got out of the car on the side of the freeway. And had to walk all the way down 
the side of the freeway in a blanket and no shoes because I said I, I wouldn't babysit. And I'm only sharing that story because it's like, that's what I'm talking about. Those are the things that happen that I, I forgot about. And I'm like, not a big deal. Guess what? That's a, it's a huge deal to be 14 years old and left on the freeway because you won't babysit. So each time something like this happened, I'd lose a little bit more respect for myself. And I think that's where this, this issue stems from, where if somebody hurts me, I have to hurt myself more. And I'm, I'm really, really working on that. I'm, and that's why I'm pushing through and I'm, and I'm, I'm recording this. I'm, I'm going ahead with it. So I'm drinking at my sister's now every weekend. I am having friends over, you know, drinking. And I've reached out to a couple of them. And I apologize to anybody that I've ever brought over there. I really do. I know that I was a kid and I... And if something's ever happened to you at my sister's, reach out to me. I'm, I'm here. I didn't know. I'm sorry if it did. Please, please know that I, I didn't know. I didn't know what was right or what was wrong anymore. So at 15 years old, I, I met Jason, my ex-husband who I thought was saving me. He was the first person that I shared this story of what was going on with, you know, what was going on with me at my sister's. And I felt for the first time, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to be safe. You know, I'm going to, I'm finally going to be safe at 15 years old (laughs) with this guy. Yeah. I was really safe, let me tell you. So I start dating him. I'm 15 years old. He's 20. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Nope. So I was basically saved from one pedophile to get with another. So this moves on to the section of my life with my ex-husband. And I'm going to keep this one a little bit short. Um, It's long. I I spent 10 years with him. So I was with him from 15 to, I'm going to say 25. It was about the end of 24. I was 25. It was a long, long relationship. I got pregnant with Jaden at 16. Um, He he never left me ever. he he cheated on me so many times with so many people and these women would just berate me i'd get messages i would i would get all, but i loved him i loved him so much i had to i had to go and get knocked up by him you know i just you know when a person cheats on you and tells you that you're garbage you know they love you that's what they mean by that so we have Jaden. At this point, I drink all the time. I am I am a full-fledged, put the kid to bed, stay up drinking, take care of, you know, just a 16-year-old functioning alcoholic, which is really, <laughs> what a joke. So, at 18... Or 19, 2006, my dad passes away. Jaden's two. I'm 18. Um, I'm still with Jason. And my dad passes. My, my dad is this honorary, sarcastic man that is my best friend and I lost him and I'll never my mind just it wasn't right I was never gonna have somebody to listen to me or be there for me in that way 
anymore. And it, it hit me really hard. And, and that's when I did hit rock bottom. I hit rock bottom and I hit it hard. Um, it was a lot. It was unexpected. He passed of a massive heart attack. Um, the day before he had passed, we actually got into a huge fight because my dad and I are, <laughs> we're the same. We were the same. And I would just, I would drive him nuts, you know? And, and losing him was just one of the hardest things. So he passes away. And my mom is like, you have to get married. You have to. And I'm like, oh, shit. I don't want to get married. Like, I don't want to get married. Who wants to get married? Ah, I'm 18 years old, 19 years old. But my mom's like, you got to get out of here. You got to you gotta get married. So I married my ex-husband. I didn't want to. He cheated on me a week after we got married with him. <laughs> Was a stripper, so that was nice. No offense against strippers. I said, go you. Do what you got to do. But it was, your worth is kind of just like, what's wrong with me? So I drank. I drank some more. Um, I was, I had to move with him. We're married now. He was in the military. So we moved to Virginia. And that's when my life, my life really started. Um, when we first went down there, I was, we went by ourselves. So I left my daughter with my mom for two or three weeks so I could set up this apartment. And I just want to give you a little overview of me. I, my, my dad did spoil me rotten. So there were th things that I just, I didn't know how to do, but here I was about to move into my own place with a baby, a full-fledged drinking problem, and a narcissistic, abusive husband. It's like a recipe for just a disaster. It's a, it's a disaster, honey. It's a disaster. So I, I move down to Virginia to this apartment, right? And he gets me there and he puts me in this apartment and he's like, I got to leave for three weeks. And I'm like, what? So it's just me. It's just me in this apartment. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, and he's like, I have to take the car. And I'm like, oh, well, shit. Okay. So now I'm sitting in this apartment. It's empty. It's it's an empty apartment um, with a borrowed blow-up mattress and a laptop. And I had I had three DVDs with me. Mean Girls, which, by the way, I can quote, forward, backward, and tell you the commentary because <laughs> it's all I had. And every season of The Girls Next Door, which was an old show from early 2000s about like Hugh Hefner's girlfriends. So I watched these, the, these <laughs> DVDs, the only DVDs that I've had inside and out, um, Right before he left, though, he did me a huge salad, and he bought me a package of bologna, a package of ramen noodles, some Kool-Aid, um, some bread. You know, I was I was okay. I could I could eat for three weeks. You know, <laughs> bologna and bread. Um, I survived. I'm. I was terrified. I didn't. I didn't leave the apartment for three weeks. I called my mom crying every single day. And it was like, that was the start. That was where he, that's when I knew I was in basically just a prisoner of my own life. Just, just a prisoner of my own life. So we finally get Jaden out there. And things just, he's gone a lot. I'm stuck in this apartment. And I, you know, I find out he's cheating on me again. So I call him out and I get my ass beat. I got my ass beat so bad I had handprints around my neck for two weeks. Um, I couldn't leave the apartment. And I reached out to a sergeant to, 
um, to get help. I wanted help. And his sergeant sent his wife over with Subway. Subway. To tell me that everything was going to be okay. And I needed to just let it go. Which started my friendship with her, who was also a huge drinker. So I hung out with this woman, and all we did was drink. I'd put my kids to bed, and I would drink, and I would drink, and I would drink, and I would drink, and I'd get my ass beat, and I would drink, and I'd get my ass beat, and I would drink, and I'd get my ass beat, and I would drink. By the time I had left my ex-husband, I had kept, I would keep peppermint schnapps in my fridge so that when it was time to take the kid, to take Jaden to school, I could have a few swigs of the peppermint schnapps to erase the whole night of Budweiser and whatever liquor I was drinking to cover, cover that all up so I could get, you know, walk her to school. I walked her to school every single day. At this point, we were living in Colorado, and her school was at the top of this huge hill, and my ex-husband would never let me drive her to school or drive him to work or any. It was my job to walk her to school no matter what. So in Colorado, I would be walking with Jaden and Threeson, because now I have this other, I got pregnant with Threeson right after, right when I turned 21. Um, and I was, I remember it just being like so cold and just the blue, just snowing and Colorado doesn't shut down for snow guys and having to walk them to school and, and it's like, I'm not complaining, but I remember like him driving by with like from picking up a friend while me and his kids were walking, walking. And he would just drive by because he gave his friend a ride to work. Um, that, that was fun. And people ask me, like, why were you so stupid? Well, I don't know why. I don't know why I stayed. I don't, I can't answer. I loved him. I didn't think anything he was doing to me was wrong. I know it was wrong now. God, do I know it was wrong. And I, I wish I had somebody to tell me that his love wasn't right. I had to get picked up several times by my mom in the duration of being married because the cops would call her and say, you really need to come get your daughter. You have to come get her. He's beat the shit out of her again. Okay. And so finally, I got the balls to leave. I finally get the balls to leave to go through my divorce. So let's bring on the segment of divorce. Right before the divorce, I was struggling a little bit with my weight. Like the right before I had moved to Colorado. And I remember talking to a friend and she's like, you gotta take Adderall, man. It it's the best. You you can take it and you're gonna lose weight. Da 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 da. So I'm like, oh man. And I I've always been terrified of pills. I've been an alcoholic, but I I couldn't do drugs. I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it, you know? So I was like, really? But I'll do anything to lose a few pounds, right? Anything. So thus starts, thus started my Adderall journey. I'm going to go back for a minute because right before the divorce, There was something that I was talked into with my ex-husband that, you know, will haunt me for the rest of my life. And And I'm sharing this because I want women to stick up for themselves. I want you, if you're uncomfortable, to say no. You know what? This makes me, this makes my body uncomfortable. I don't want to do it. I don't like it. So I, I had, um developed I went to the doctor and I and they prescribed me Adderall I was like I want to lose lose weight and they were like okay I was like I want some Adderall that doctor was like it's you girl you got it and so I started taking Adderall 
and it fucked my brain up. And I would drink and I would take this Adderall. All right, sorry, there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a pause there because I can only record like 30 minute increments and I'm I didn't know I already hit 30 minutes. I'm sorry guys. Maybe I'll do this in like a two part. I'll I'll send some out and then I'll um I'll finish the rest because I don't want to over overstimulate. So I'll I will um stop. Well, I don't there's I'll, I'll see where it goes. I don't want to go over like an hour because that's just way too much. So I'm at 30 minutes and I'll, I'm wasting time now. But there's a little pause because you can only record 30 minutes. So I'm not, I'm full-blown like drinking, taking Adderall. And when you take Adderall, what I was saying is, is you're thirsty. It makes you even thirstier so you can drink more. You can drink, oh, it's like limitless what you can drink when you take Adderall, at least for me. So some things happened to me while I was drinking and taking Adderall. Um, one, first one, if you go out to the bar with your friends, do not leave them alone. Do not leave the, them at the table. Do not go to the bathroom by yourself. Do not do that. <laughs> Take, buddy system, please, buddy, 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 buddy system. So after I had my son, I'm drinking, I'm taking Adderall, I'm, I, I go out for the first time. He was probably about a year old and I, I did drink at home, but now I'm going out for the first time ever, like legitimately ever in a long time since I've been married. I've been married five years at this point um, and I'm going out by myself. Right. And I, so I'm the one I'm going wild. Cause I didn't leave my kids. I don't leave my kids. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go out with my friend. Well, I ended up going out and she went to the bathroom and this is a night. I have no idea what happened to me. I disappeared for hours. I ended up having to go and get a rape kit done because I have no idea what happened to me at all. I don't know where I went. I don't know what happened. Just completely blacked out. When I got up, I looked at my phone. I was dropped back. I faintly remember being dropped back off at the bar. I don't remember anything else. Um, and my husband, my phone, I had called my ex-husband. I had called 102 times. So that's a night I won't ever get back, and that and that sticks with me for a long time. So when you make these choices, you care about yourself. Just just love yourself, please. If if I could, if I can convey anything in in these and in, in sharing my stories is to love yourself. Do not let other people destroy you. Just don't it. You'll get to be older and you're like, why, why did I let this person just, and not, like I said, not let them, but let yourself think negatively about your own self. If there's one person that you can make believe in, in yourself and, and make, you know, really make you stick to it, it's yourself. It is yourself. Like, so what if your husband doesn't think that you're the prettiest thing in the world? And he should. But think think it for yourself. Think that you're the prettiest person in the world. So I'm going to get back. I'll go back now. Sorry. That's what I mean by sidetracked. So I, coming up to my divorce, I, I find, I've tried three times prior to this to leave him. Never worked. He's always taken the babies and and left he's he's done he's always done something to where i've had to go back i've had to go back and this time i wasn't going back i wasn't i knew i i couldn't which starts the beginning of my divorce which ugh, if uh, if only um 
if I thought marriage was bad with him, divorce was just, it was an even bigger hell. Um, I'm not the type of woman that keeps a child from her parent, from the other parent. I'm not. The, I don't care. I didn't care whatever he did to me. He could do whatever he wanted to me. But if he didn't hurt those kids, then he could see them. Why? What? Him cheating on me doesn't affect him being a dad. So I've always been the woman that's like, you want to see your dad? You can see your dad. And he knew that. And he took advantage of that. Boy, did he take advantage of that. So he was staying in Korea at this time when I filed for divorce because it was the only way I could do it. It was that he had to be away from me. He couldn't be anywhere near me. He could not talk me. He couldn't talk me into getting back with him. It just couldn't happen this time. It couldn't. So I filed for divorce. And he came back from Korea. And of course, I, you know, I went, I actually picked him up from the airport. I was the one that picked, and he had made my life hell. But I was the one, I picked him up from the airport so that his kids could see him. You know, like, you want to know what he did? He took my kids and he ran off to Colorado with them. And he had my son who was three at the time, call me from an airplane and say, Mommy, I'm on my way to go. And I don't think there's ever a scarier moment in anyone's life than thinking you're not going to see your kid again. You're not. This man is going to take my kids and, and leave. When he got back, I went to the police. And you want to know what they told me? They said he's their dad. He can do whatever he wants, whatever he wants. And that's happened to me several times within this process, within anything that has to do with him. Um, I've gone to the police, and each time I was told there was nothing they could do. I've gone to his, I've gone to higher ups in the army about his abuse. Nothing. Um, during the divorce, I found out that he was drugging me and letting um, his friends have sex with me, uh, which took a lot to get over. I don't even know if I'm over it yet because I'll never know what happened to me ever or when it happened or how many times it happened. Um, and that's a, a big reason why I'm sharing about drinking is you don't know. You get so drunk, you don't know. You're trying to block out these, I'm trying to block out the feelings of what I, what happened to me when I was 12 to 15. I'm trying to block out the feelings of my dad passing away. I'm trying to block out the feelings of getting my ass beat. Um... And in the process, I'm giving him more power to do whatever it is that he wants to do. So this comes out, and what do I do? I drink more. I'm bartending at this point. And I'm working late. I, I need to stay up. So all I'm doing at this point is putting my kids to bed, drinking and taking Adderall and working and working and taking Adderall and drinking and working and working. And my brain is fried and my life is fried. And, and I just, I didn't, I didn't even know who I was or where I was anymore. And the, oh, the Adderall made me such a paranoid person that, like, I would, I remember at night I would just, like, peer out my, 
window and think like somebody was after me. I'm like, who's after me? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, who's after me? Um, I'm sorry I got the sniffles, everyone. I know that can be a little bit frustrating. Um, And it, it, it was so hard. And there was a, there was, it was, and, and I sit here and I'm telling you guys this and I'm like, what was I thinking? What was I doing? Why was I doing this? But I was like, I got to take the Adderall so that I can stay awake so that I can do this, 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 so that I can be a mom, so that I can clean, so that I can go to work, so I can drink more, so I can hang out with my friends. So I, you know, like even talking about, even talking about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, I love, I loved it. I loved that little orange pill more than I, there was nothing I loved more than taking that little orange guy, that little orange sweetie oval and washing it down with a, with a nice cold Budweiser. Like, hello, hello. Yes. The last day I took in Adderall was October 1st, 2016 because I couldn't do it anymore. I was 235 pounds. I was out of my mind, out of my ever-loving mind. (laughs) Oh my God, was I out of my mind. I was going through this divorce, so I was drinking more. And I like I was I had spiraled. I had spiraled. I I quit my job. I had walked out of my job. Just walked out. I was done. Um I lost my house. Uh I had to move in with my sister. Um I I had never been so low in my life. It was like I was back to square one. Here I was, 235 pounds, living at my sister's, who I loathe, um, paying her obscene amount of money to stay there, even though I didn't have it. <laughs> it's another story I could go on with. And I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't live that life anymore. So I stopped drinking. I'd already stopped taking Adderall. I hadn't been taking it in a while. And it was it was the best thing that's ever happened to me was was to stop drinking. It it took a long time, but that's when I started exercising. I replaced the drinking with exercising and eating better and trying to just be more mentally healthy. Um, And it's taken a lot. It's taken a lot to get here. Like I wrote this down four days ago and it triggered me. And the first thing I thought of was like, damn, I want to, I want to go to the store and I want to get some wine. Like I would love some Riesling Oh, oh, honey. Yes, I would, girl. <laughs> but I can't. And oh, the whole NICU process, the whole NICU process. I can't tell you how many times I was in the car and I'm like, oh, my. Oh, my God, Lord Jesus. If you put a if you put a drink in front of me, I'm going to know it's because I need to drink it. I'm going to know it's because I need to drink it. <laughs> and there were drinks put in front of me and I didn't drink them. And it's hard. And, and you know, I I think, so since 2016, I've, I've probably drinking five times. So dr- drinking is a big, big issue for me. It's not just one. I can't have one. The only... I, I can probably go 20 years without drinking. And I know 20 years from now, if I was to have a drink, it wouldn't be one. It, it wouldn't be one. It would, it would be a bottle and then another. And it wouldn't matter because it, it just it's just who I am. I can't do things 
in in small portions. I I if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. Oh, I'm gonna do it. You know, <laughs> sorry, but it's just who I am. So here I am, and that and I'm proud of myself because, like I just said, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. So I quit taking Adderall and I quit drinking and I'm sitting here and I'm, and I'm able to discuss this and share this with you. And it feels, you know, it feels amazing to get it out. And this is just like a, a small part of it, but it's nice to realize I don't need that. And it wasn't doing anything besides causing me more harm than it was anything else. Um, and I can, I can say that I, I still struggle. Like I struggle all the time. Like I, I just said it. I, I was writing this out and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'd like a drink. Like I'm sitting here and there's a few things that I didn't even, I didn't even get into yet. You know, because you forget, <laughs> like you tell your story and there's so many things that happen and that's sad when so many bad things happen that you just become so numb to them, but I'm not numb anymore and I can talk about them and I can hopefully bring light to situations like these, like young girls who are thinking that this is their fault, that things are happening to them. This is not your fault. You're around all adults. It's their fault. Why, why, when I came out about what happened to me as a teenager, I was told two things. I thought you were dating him, and why did you keep going over there if you didn't like it? Well, I had no other choice because I had to watch my niece and nephew. And you're scared to say anything because when I finally did, that's the response I got. And I don't think I could have handled that at a, as a 17, 18-year-old girl coming out about that, being told, like, I thought you were dating him. I don't know. Is it cool for a 13-year-old to date a 23-year-old? Because I know I don't find it acceptable. Um. But I'm still here, and I get to share this with you. (sighs) And it can be a mess, and it can be ugly, and I have gone through these things, and I've let them destroy me. But I come back, and I, I come back, and I fight, and I fight harder. And I'm kind of glad I went through those things when I was younger because I'm old enough to know better now. I'm old enough to look back and say, oh, my God, I I had to learn from it. And I'm over it now. I'll always struggle, but I'm over it now. And I can I can move on in my life. You know, I can't I don't have to let Budweiser hold me back. I don't have friends that are calling me just a drink. I. I actually am, you know, starting to love myself. I'm finding my voice and I'm finding that it's okay for me to be comfortable. It's okay for me to say no. It's okay for me to to tell somebody else, you're making me uncomfortable. I don't have to go put myself on the back burner and let somebody put me down so that they feel good. And I hope that if, if you hear this and you've ever struggled with anything like this, you can, you, you can turn it around. 
at any point you can turn it around. It's not your fault. Just just move on from it. We can't let our childhood, teenage, mid-adult life crisis hold us back. Because I know I did. And there's so much that I could have done in those years that I won't get back. But I can do something now. And that's why I got it together. And I'm sitting here and I'm sharing this story. So if you have any questions, um, reach out to me, email me, um, add me on Facebook, uh, add me on my Instagram, um, shoot me an email. If you are on my um, personal Facebook, send me a message. If you have my phone number, text me. Um, If you need help, let me know. I mean, I'm not, I don't know how much, what I can do, but I'm here to listen. I'm, I'm here to let you know that things aren't always bad if you don't want them to be. They, they do get better if you let them. Um, every day isn't easy, but after that adult temper tantrum, put those big girl panties on and get on with your life in the best way that you can. I hope everyone has a great morning, that you enjoyed this, that you take something from it. Maybe just like a little, little something, maybe. <laughs> um, so thank you for listening to my second ever podcast. It's semi-ironic. I'm going to go back and listen to it. I'm sorry that it's kind of long or I'm not sorry. I feel good. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. If you did stay and listen to all of this, I know I went a little bit over. I said I was going to stay shorter. I know it was a longer story. Um, ah, I hope you enjoyed it. It's 6 a.m. somewhere. Have a great day.